welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host, Mortz, and I'm joined by my handsome colleague, as always, Solo Dan. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Mate, I'm so good, thanks, Terry. No Sharks losses in about five weeks, and I'm feeling good. Plus, the Jets are back. I know. The, the Jets are back. I saw that today, and I was like, when they said the 10 teams were announced, I was like, please be the Jets, please be the Jets, please be the Jets, and we have the Jets. There it is, mate. The Sharks got on that real quick. It's fantastic. Um, we're going for back-to-back-to-back to back to back because I didn't see no one beat us last year for the title. And when when COVID closed it down, we were top of the league. We were. It's default, however you want to do it, rolled on. We're the back-to-back, back, and I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. It's just a shame that we capitulated. And when I mean we, I mean Matt Evans capitulated against the Bulldogs in uh, 2018. Otherwise, we would have been back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back premiers. That would have been unfair, mate. They would have called it off. But uh, we're going we're gonna to talk some footy. We're going to talk some origin. We'll get some Sharks discussion in there. We didn't have anyone ask us any questions, which is good because I fucking hate everyone. So uh, <laughs> let's get into it, mate. We, As you said, we've had no Sharks losses, but somehow every day we still seem to be making the news, whether it's positive, negative, or neutral. Daniel, the week that was... Give us a summary. Give us your thoughts. Well, it was all downhill for me until today when they finally announced that Jackson Ferris had re-signed with Cronulla, albeit in the in the development squad. But I believe that gives him a little bit of contract. Um, it protects us a little bit in that the West Tigers can't just come along and pick him up for free. And uh, I think, don't quote me on that, now that I say that out loud, it sounds pretty stupid. But, mate, I'm very happy to see Jackson Ferris and Daniel Vasquez named again. Uh, other than that, uh, mate, every day seems to be we're going to sign this player, then we're not going to sign this player. I just wish we'd sign some players. Yeah, I, I, I was very happy today with the news of uh, Jackson Ferris, and I think that once we have one Bronson Zeri off our books, that, that Jacko will just hopefully slide into that if we don't sign any other players. But there's a certain fullback from another club that we've been linked with um, and apparently now we're going quite aggressively for. So he might take that spot there as well. I don't know. But I am I am thankful that, that Jacko uh, has stayed on. With the development contracts, though, they aren't as protected um, as you'd like them to be. If a club like the Tigers does come along and offer him a top 30 contract... The development contracts are very easy to get out of. Uh, that's a shame. I mean, it shows something, and I think you're exactly right. When Bronson's off the books in hopefully a couple of weeks' time, Ferris goes up. We did announce our top 30 during the week, and from memory there were 26 players minus Bronson is 25, or it might have been 27 minus Bronson is 26. But I'm feeling like we may have a bit of an idea who those other three, four, possibly five players are now. Yeah, look, let's get into it. The first one um, that we were linked with was Aiden Tolman. Now, you and I have discussed Aiden Tolman at length. Um, why we don't, whilst we don't think that this is going to be a signing that's going to go down for the ages, we do think that it is a signing that is necessary given the state of our forward pack, the state of our ruck, and the fact that I guess our our favourite bench prop has gone down with an injury that we'll probably see him miss. Uh, 80% of the season. What are your thoughts on the Aiden Tolman link now? They seem to be getting stronger. Look, I like it. It's a for cause signing. It's not like we're going out there to try and sign the bloke to win a premiership. That seemed to be the way Twitter reacts. <laughs> are you going to sign Tolman? Okay, the Bulldogs used him as a 60, 70, 80 minute prop and they used him wrong. We've well, got to use him correct. 
And I think the, the wage that's going around that we're going to sign him on makes him pretty close to as, as much as a bargain as you can get for a player who's not going to play Origin next year. I, I'm stoked with it. I think it is the kind of thing, you plug him in on the bench, he won't start. You Ellie and um, uh, Woods have got that wrapped up. But I think he's a very important third or fourth prop, especially if Andy Fafita can't get fit. I, I look at Aiden Tolman and I think that he is the kind of forward that we need and the kind of forward that we need to have around the club. Now, I was very surprised to read that he's he's 30, turning 31 next year. I thought he was like 34, 35. I remember when we were linked with Aiden Tolman uh, back in 2010 when Ricky Stewart was the manager and he tried to get him uh, turned up late a couple of times to meetings with Tolman and ended up going to the Bulldogs. Um, I would start him. And I'd probably start Aaron Woods and I'd probably start Toby Rudolph and just give us that impact of Ueli and Fafita off the bench or drop Woods to the bench and start Ueli. But I think Tolman is the kind of person who absorbs the the opening ex- exchanges and he, he absorbs it quite well. He tackled at 96%. He made 150 metres. He was making 40 tackles a game. His final game against the Rabbitohs was absolutely incredible. Um, you're right that the Bulldogs did use him wrong. He's not going to come here and be our best prop, which he was at Canterbury for a long time. He's going to come here and be just another uh, cog with cog in the wheel. And I think for for the as you said for the amount of money that's quoted for this guy on a one year deal, it's it's a perfect signing. And given the fact that he's thirty one, if he comes in, blends with our culture, blends with the team, controls that ruck, there's no reason why he couldn't stay on for these one year deals. Absolutely right. I can't see any negativity in coming in. It's not like we got young kids banging the, the house down. I know Pele's, I think he got upgraded to the 30, and we got Vasquez in the um, the development squad, and I don't think he's far off. I actually think he'll go up into the 30th spot when it's all said and done. But in saying that, it's not like we've got a couple of young forwards that are just bashing the door down that have to be picked. So Tom is not holding anyone back. He's not taking money that's going elsewhere. I think it's... The, the, the perfect signing is probably hyperbole, but it's the exact kind of signing we need. Considering David Clemmer in his peak isn't available right now, you know, it's in pickings. He's the best option. Let's get it done. Yeah, the the other thing about Tolman as well that people need to realise is he lives in the area like eighty percent of the league as well. His kids go to school here, and his other option apart from us is Manly. Now I heard through the grapevine that he was struggling to go to training at Canterbury. So I don't really see that he's going to go to Manly. So if this is a guy who's already in the area, he's already settled, his kids are already at school, his wife's already got a job, it's not as if he's got to lift them up and say go to Townsville like another player that we're linked with. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think Tolman would be a very shrewd signing in the sort of Chris Hinington mould for us. Exactly right. We're not we're not looking for eighty minute props. This is, this is a great signing for what it is. And every time that the Facebook group says no to someone, I want them more because they're so fucking stupid. I'm all for it. And, and I like what you said. It's not as if he's in the way of someone. He's not. It's not as if we have a prime Andrew Fafita or a young Andrew Fafita bashing at the door going, come on, let me in. We don't quite have that. We, we do have him in Franklin Pele, but he's not ready yet. Franklin Pele is not ready to come into the NRL yet. Royce Hunt's injured. We don't know what Vasquez is going to do. This is a this is a like this would be the perfect one year deal for us. If we were rumored to be signing him on a three year deal at three hundred and fifty k a year, I'd probably go and set fire to Sharks at Carilla. Yeah, that's that's the difference though. We're not so it's it's a strewed signing. Perfect, Luke. Um, the second player we have been linked with this week 
with a solid concrete link is Benji Marshall. Again, you and I have spoken at length about Benji and our thoughts on him. He comes in and does a job and solidifies us until Sean Johnson comes back. And in that time, it's on him to perform and take the, um, the, the number seven jersey off Chad Townsend. What's in front of Benji are two options. There's us or the North Queensland Cowboys at the moment. Uh, obviously, you know, the Sydney Roosters get linked with everyone. Uh, but they've just signed some kid from the Warriors, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. And they they got rid of Flanagan f- to to promote Walker, and now they've signed someone else. But it's just the Roosters and what they do. Um, but Benji Marshall has a choice of the Cronulla Sharks in Sydney, where he can continue doing his Fox Sports work, play some footy, earn a modest wage, and potentially come back and partner Sean Johnson, which he said that he wanted to do for a long time. Or he picks his family up and goes to the North Queensland Cowboys. What are your thoughts on Benji? Well, I think if he was going to sign for the Cowboys, he would have already because it was supposedly all but done and it was just literally the contract was there to sign. Something's obviously held him back, whether I know they withdrew a couple of offers up there or, or stopped players going elsewhere, the young halfback from memory. So I don't know if I don't know if it's a smart decision for Benji. I mean, it's definitely one year deal. He's only got one more year left in him. There's plenty of coaching positions available at Cronulla too. So if he comes in and really sort of puts his best foot forward. I can't see any reason why we can't say, hey, want a coaching gig and a media gig? He's worth his weight in off-field. He's another Bo Ryan signing. He's not going to come in. Again, he's not going to win us the title. He's going to fill a position. He's going to get us on TV every week. He's going to wear the Sharks thing every week that he's on Fox. I think that's money that's very well spent considering we're going to lose Braden Trinnell. So so who's who's the option? Um, look, the, the thing with Benji as well, is, as you've said, he's basically free marketing advertising. You know, if he goes up to the North Queensland Cowboys, but he's still got to give his Fox commitments, that means he's going to be in Sydney, away from Townsville, away from their games. So, you know, he might play a Friday night game, then he's going to be in Sydney on Saturday. He's going to miss the 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 video sessions. He's going to miss the, you know, the rub down after a game or whatever. If he's, if he's at Cronulla, he's, you know, he's steady. You know, you, you play whenever, you go into Fox Studios whenever, but you're right. He's going to be singing our praises like Michael Ennis does to us and to the Raiders. Um, I, th- I think you, you, you've hit the, the, the nail on the head there that it's free advertising getting Benji. It's, it's free marketing. Um, and it, it, would, it would, again, it would be shrewd. Now, since Benji is what they've called a backflip on the Cowboys, I don't know if he signed anything or they're calling it a backflip. Now the rumors are coming out that he wants 400 grand to go up to the Cowboys. You've got to add... That's probably relocation costs that he's throwing on top of his contract as well. To pick up a, a family where your kids are at school, your wife's got a job, and you know to go 2,500 kilometres away, it's not cheap if you're offering a modest wage of 150000 a year. Exactly right. I wouldn't think Cronulla's offer would be anywhere near that. I think convenience says Cronulla, and I think intelligence says Cronulla. Because as you say, he's got a Fox Sports gig. And, you know, as good as Thurston can be sometimes, he can't get in a the state at the moment, vice versa. So he's missing a lot of Channel 9 games. I think Benji is going to make the right decision. I think it's good for Cronulla. Again, it's a cause signing, and it's a one-year deal, and we don't get Sean Johnson for eight to ten weeks. I mean, you can't have Chad Townsend and Connor Tracy playing halves in first grade. It's just it's just not right. Yeah, and the other thing with Benji as well, as we've said, is he solidifies the team. You don't miss much. Um, defensively, they're both the same. They both defend on the right. Defensively, their, their, their numbers are, are you know both the same in terms of tackle efficiency. They both can be a little bit sloppy and lazy in defence, um, but you know he's he's not at the Tigers. He's at Cronulla, where we've actually got some kind of idea how to play football. You still get the try assists, 
you still get the two tries. You get a kicking game that in its prime was good. Like Benji last year sometimes had the ball on a string and sometimes it was a shocker. So you got to take that with a 35-year-old. But what it does, signing Benji, basically keeps us out of the bottom four. And as we said, this is a year, even if we don't make the finals, we need to be in the race for the finals because we've got four to five million dollars to play with for players in 2022 and if we're trying to recruit players from last you've seen the knights they have gone out and signed all these shiny players on huge contracts and they were closer to missing the finals than they were to the top four this year exactly right i do love the way you turn that to bag on newcastle so uh, it's the quality people tune in for I, I bagged newcastle and west in 30 seconds fucking take that fantastic Done for the night. No, I agree. I think it's a signing that we need to make. I mean, ultimately, if he signs for the Cowboys, I'm not going to cry too many tears. But it's something that I want a lot more than I don't. I've actually cooled a little bit on Benji to where I was about eight to ten weeks ago. But that's not to say I don't still want him. Because now that Trindle's not the top 30, we've really got no option. We need to sign someone to come play after. Yeah, and apparently we've signed Luke Metcalf as well. Um, so I don't know if he's going to take a development spot or if he's going to take the, the final 30 spot. I don't think he came out in the... Um in the in the squad that we released. Um, I hate the fact that you've got to release like 26 players and then you've got to have 29 players by a certain date and then come, you know, June 30, you've got to have 30 players contracted on your books. I think it's a load of bollocks, but whatever. Um, and the final player that we have been linked with and apparently now we're ramping up ways that we can sign him for beyond 2021, trying to keep this guy for a three or four year deal, of course, is South Sydney fullback Corey Allen. Before I go on my, my spiel about Corey Allen, what are your thoughts, Daniel? Two words, mate. All in. Let's make yeah. it happen. Yeah, he, he's the fullback for me. I know there's there's talk that Brisbane are looking at Scott Drinkwater and a lot of people would be saying we should be going for Drinkwater. But I can only imagine that Brisbane will be throwing you know anywhere between half a million to $600,000 at, at Scott Drinkwater to get him to come into, that, in, into the fullback spot. I think with Allen, he's not quite as solidified as people think he is. I think he's only played about 20 first-grade games. He's in the Origin squad. Um, for mine, he's the fullback for us for the next five to ten years. That's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. He, yeah. he comes straight into the side. Uh, means we means we can move Moylan on, as hard as that is to say. And, look, we've got... Um, if Allen doesn't work this year, we, we let him play his way in, we put him on the wing, and we chuck um, Will Kennedy back in fullback. You know, can't do any worse. I'm... Huge fan of his, and I think that injury to Latrell Mitchell, as bad as it's going to sound, has really made Corey Allen a superstar, and it's good for us. Really good for us. Yeah, look, I mean, Souths have also released James Roberts as well, right? So you've got to remember he's on the market. I, the, the obvious answer for, for mine, if I'm at Souths, is to put Latrell Mitchell at centre, where he was the best centre in the game, and keep Corey Allen at fullback. But obviously it sounds like Latrell has got his heart set on playing fullback. Wayne's got his heart set on playing fullback. Um, Jason Demetrio, who's going to be the next South Sydney coach, has probably got his heart set on Latrell Mitchell being the fullback as well. So obviously, you know, Corey Allen being a fullback will need to move on. Um, yeah, look, if if somehow he ends up in our in our clutches, I'm going to be over the moon. This this is a guy, as I said, you can really see the player that he can become. Um, he's had an exceptional junior career. He was good in the Queensland Cup. He's been good for South Sydney and North Sydney um, in their reserve grade merger. He's been great in first grade football this year. You don't miss out on his ball playing. He had just as many try assists as he did tries. His support play is fantastic as well. And his positional play on kicks, very safe. I like him. 
absolutely. I think if there's any chance, we've got to take it. And if it means we have to miss out on one of the two we mentioned before and upgrade someone, I'd, Alan's the priority, put it that way. Yeah, for, for mine, in terms of players that we need, I'd probably go uh, Alan Marshall-Tolman, um, but only because we've got Daniel Vasquez who can go in there and, and, and take that contract as well. But, um, yeah, for mine, I think if there's, um, if there's a chance that you can get Corey Allen in the black, white and blue, it has to be done. Has to be done. Well, the, the supposedly the other team in for him are Manly, who have a pretty decent fullback. So I can't see him playing fullback. Although knowing Turbo's, Turbo's injuries, maybe he will play a lot of fullback. But I, I think if he wants that fullback gig, Cronulla have got a one open for as long as he wants it. The the thing I heard from Manly as well was that they're toying with the idea that. Uh, fullback is whilst fullback is Tom Tavrovich's best option. It's also the option that keeps snapping his hamstring. And I've I've read on their online forums that Des Hasler's considering moving him into the centres. That'd be dangerous, but I just I think he's too young. I think another injury or two, maybe maybe they look at that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's sort of like he's got the Moylan conundrum where. He just gets back in. He starts playing some good footy. You think, man, this guy's going to really turn it around. Bangy hamstring goes. Um, for mine, yeah, look, if, if they got Corey Allen and then played him at Blacktown, I'd be fucking fuming. I would be fuming. Absolutely. That would be like sacrilege. Yeah. Many, many levels. No, I can't see him taking a reserve gate contract. He's a first grader now. But I can't see him playing first grade in South, which is why they've said, hey, you can go if you need. Yeah, the other thing for Manly as well is they, they've been linked with James Roberts. Everyone's been linked with James Roberts. Um, I think Melbourne are in for him as well, which if James Roberts goes down to Melbourne and, <laughs> and, and, they, and they, they end up doing the, the Remus, Swift, Remus Smith for Josh Adokar and you put those two speedsters in, in Bellamy's setup, it's, it's pretty much game set and done for, for 2022, isn't it? Shut the gate. That'll be fantastic. I kind of want to see that. So Roberts is one of my favourite players, and I hate what he's going through. And I know a bit of it's brought on, but he's got a lot of demons. I want him to get on top of it, and I want him playing his best football. When he was a Titan, he was a freak. And, yeah. you know, as much as I'd love to see him at Cronulla, it's not. We don't need a centre. we got plenty of centres. Yeah, and I mean... We can't I, take another risk. I mean, if we could send Josh Dugan somewhere, like sending back to the Dragons or Manly, I'd be all in on James Roberts, man. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if it happens, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Now, let's talk about the uh, the star attraction, State of Origin, Dan. Uh, last week on the podcast, you and I both predicted that New South Wales would win game one, um, but we both said uh, that Queensland would steal a game. And my my final statement was, don't sleep on Craig Bell, uh, on uh, Wayne Bennett. Um, Queensland stole the game. That was that, that game was New South Wales. Well, well, at 10 at half-time, I was feeling very good about things, absolutely. I didn't didn't particularly enjoy the game. i got to say, it didn't feel like an origin. And I know I know, I don't like falling into that. Woe is me as a rugby league fan. We've, done, we've fared pretty well in all this crap. But it didn't feel like an origin. And even at 10 at half-time, I wasn't over-enjoying the game. I think Nathan Cleary is the most boring player in rugby league. I've, I've turned on him in the past fortnight. Big time. But yeah, Queensland were just too good in the second half. And... Dane Gagai absolutely bathed, buffed the best player in the game, Jack Whiten, which I found kind of hilarious and equally frustrating. Yeah, I, I mean, I at, at ten nil at half time, I was kind of like Queensland are a bit lucky to only be behind 
10 nil, and then you have a look at the stats and uh at one point Queensland had like three times or four times as many tackles as New South Wales had in the uh in the opening 20 but found themselves down 10 nil. so um yeah look it, it was a strange game it didn't have the origin feel about it I, I think now it's done and dusted that uh, origin can't be at the end of the year um oh yeah it, yeah, it didn't have that feel to it, but halftime, Wayne Bennett got a hold of his team and just said, their forwards aren't aiming up, we can we can bash them, we can get the field position, um, and they did it. And it was it was just, it was a little bit of magic from some classy players, from, from Kurt Capewell, who was was good, from Dan Gagai, who was sensational, and then from, from Cameron Munster, who seems to be Mr. Right Place, Mr. Right Time on the footy field. That's it. What, what, before I go into rant, what did you make of the DCE man of the match? In the first half, I thought Cherry Evans was absolutely shite. In the second half, I thought, yeah, he was he was the best player on the field in the second half. But the best player on the field for mine, first and second half, was Dan Gagai, and it wasn't even close. Yeah, Gagai was freakishly good. He took he took White and apart. I also <laughs> thought Ben Hunt was the best half you guys had. When he came on, the game completely changed, and I had never thought I'd say that. So I got to eat some crow there. Yeah, Hunt Hunt gave us a, a different kind of dimension, and it was just you know that good to have that third third ball player on the field. Um, but yeah, Cherry Evans was was brilliant in the second half, um, and the one thing that he he really did in the second half that that doesn't go noticed on stats or anything like that, but he he really increased his talk and his encouragement every time a ball went down, you know, drop ball, ball into touch, whatever. Um, you know he was there. He was he was doing what you want from your captain, and don't really see that from Boyd Cordner. And I made I made a shitty comment, you know, saying imagine getting yourself up for a rep game and seeing Boyd Cordner was your captain. But he's just the most uninspirational bloke to look at. I'm not saying Cherry he, Evans is any better, but he he stays in his left channel on the field, whereas Cherry Evans was everywhere. He was every, even in the first half when they were playing shit. He was everywhere. He was encouraging people, and that's what got him back over the uh, you know. That leadership gets you back into things. That's it. I I wrote on zero tackle that we're really going to miss Cordner's leadership, but <laughs> it's not. It's not as though he's Paul Gallen, you know, or even a Mitchell Pearce for all the all the shitty cops. Most of it deserved. They New South Wales. I don't know if Tedesco is the right one either, or Cleary. Who do you, I just I don't know where the leadership comes from. We don't have a Cherry Evans in, in that respect. Yeah, the other name that I saw was Jake Turbo, but again, he's the dumbest looking fucker on the field. There's no way, there's, there's no way you'd even look at him. You know who I'd, I'd give it to? Fucking just give it to Jack White, and that guy's a fucking maniac. He is. I I think Gutherson was the obvious choice, being that he's the only one in the squad that's a club captain. So I don't know. Call me crazy, but I I was really annoyed with Brad Fittler the other night. I didn't I didn't like the bench. I said it to anyone who would listen to me, and he didn't use it right. I know the injuries didn't help. Cordner headbutting another knee and then the ground. He's, I think he's, I think he might be done actually. But uh, Cameron Murray getting injured was real bad. But you lost Cordner and you bring Murray on it on the outside as a wide running second row. When you had Angus fucking Crichton there, who should have started regardless. So you've you've used the best middle player on the pitch. Put him out wide. He's got injured. You don't know. You don't, not blaming him for that. No one could have seen that coming. But he didn't. He didn't use him right. And then he threw Crichton on. So he got there eventually. But then he threw Cody Walker on. 
And for 20 of the 25 minutes, Cody Walker was on there. I don't think he had any idea what the fuck he was supposed to do because Cleary was calling the ball. You had Kiri calling the ball. You had Tedesco calling the ball. And you had Jack White calling the ball. What, what the fuck was Walker supposed to do? I'm so glad he's changed it for game two. I have no idea what he was thinking for game one. Uh, I, just w- I just want to make a point of last week that you asked me in the New South Wales team, uh, what, what sorry, what Queensland forwards would start in the New South Wales team and I said, uh, Tino Farr, Masuali, uh, Encyclopedia surname. Uh, you said to me, there's no way that he would start over uh, Tyson Frizzell or Junior Paulo. Now, combined, Tino ran for more metres than them. Uh, you said he wouldn't get in the team over Payne Haas. He ran for more metres than Payne Haas. He ran for more metres than Jake Trevojevic. My boy was an absolute beast. He was an absolute beast. That's the thing. That's the thing, though. No one from Queen, uh, New South Wales stood up. Tino did. So you got to pay it to him. I still don't think he gets in over any of those plays you mentioned. Absolutely, he does. I'm so off. Frizzell, him. Yeah, Fuck look, I, I've, I've, I've been on the Tyson Frizzell is a washed footballer for the last two years, and I'm glad it's starting to catch on now. Um, my boy Carlo can't understand why I'm bagging out Frizzell, and he thinks it's a Newcastle thing. It's not. It's a Tyson Frizzell is shit and overrated, and you've paid 700k for a second roller. That's not real good. <laughs> He was the starting back rower for, for New South Wales. And New South Wales had a lot of ball in that game and he made 56 metres. He screamed of Britain to Cora and I just wanted to kick my TV and then I realised I was going for Queensland. <laughs> he, he was disgustingly he bad. He was awful. Paulo was disgustingly bad. He Payne Haas was the only forward that had any oomph in that second half. I have no idea why he didn't start over Paulo. I said that at the start. Thank God that's better for game two. I think he's finally realised. Saifidi was very good for New South Wales. He was a big meter eater, and he, he was bending the line. Uh, Cordner was also very good, despite being in La La Land. I think he led the meters by quite a bit. Uh, I thought Tedesco was good, but I thought Tedesco was playing one out. I think Keary was good, and I thought Nathan Cleary was probably the worst player on the field, not named Jack White. Those two should have been the halves, as far as I'm concerned, and both of them were fucking disgusting, and neither of them should be there this week. Yes, yeah, Saifidi was your best prop. Uh, oh, sorry, your best forward in terms of meters now. Tedesco being as disgusting as he is made 300 metres in an Origin game and I've got to take my hat off to that. Even though he didn't have the best game, um, yeah, he was he was still incredible. Daniel Tupo surprised me making 240 metres, man. I don't remember that. I don't remember him touching the ball. And I was like, in the first half, I was like, has Jack White touched the ball? And then at the end of the game, he's made 180 metres. Fair play to him. Um, I thought White was good with ball in hand, but defensively, he just had no idea what to do when Gagai had the ball. He shot up, Gagai beat him. He stayed back. Gagai, you know, made his metres on him. Um, yeah, I, 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 th- I thought Dane was incredible. Um, he's just, he, I mean, he can he can go so far missing in club land, but the minute you put a rep jersey on him, my God, he's incredible. He's ridiculous, isn't he? It's, it's, it's a Queensland jersey. Gagai was the best player in the park. I, I'll go to the grave saying that, but... Um, his New South Wales didn't offer a lot. I know there were a lot of metres in that back five, but like you said, you can't remember White touching, I mean, uh, Tupo touching the ball. thought Ado Carr was very good when he did get involved. Now, Daniel Tupu played in his position and Ado Carr was moved. In what world do you move the best winger in the world out of position? I know it doesn't make a huge difference, but on principle alone, Ado Carr gets whichever wing he wants. I don't really think it matters with Ado Carr because he's not the kind of guy who goes looking for work anyway. He's he's a speedster and a finisher, right? So whatever, you can stick him on any wing. He didn't play bad. He doesn't go looking for work. Daniel Tupo does. 
Um, I think they saw the advantage of um, Tupo combating Xavier Coates in the air because Xavier Coates is quite tall and quite good in the air, and also they could have they they targeted him with kicks to Dangaga as well. Um, yeah, it didn't didn't really matter for me. Like, I'm I'm not going to sit there and cry blue murder that one wing was moved for the other. What I am surprised with New South Wales, though, um, you know, I'm a bit I'm a bit disappointed that AJ Brimson got that injury. Um, and he's out for the rest of the season. That's a huge loss for us because he was brilliant in, in his debut. But I would have kind of liked to, and I know he did nothing wrong, but I don't think he did too much right. I would have liked to have seen Philip Sammy drop out of the team, Valentine Holmes go on to his, um, go on to the wing, and Corey Allen play fullback. I think that just gives us a little bit more. But, you know, Wayne's going with Valentine Holmes. you got to back, you got to back the, the, the origin coach. You do, definitely. Now, I... Totally Vita will never forgive him. Hope Holmes has a shocker in game two. I would be happy if he threw the Brett Hodgson pass and we we picked it up and reversed it and scored and won it and won 10 series in a row or whatever after it. That would make me feel good. So I'm all for that. I don't hate that Corey Allen shout at all. I actually had him over Sammy in my zero tackle team on the wing. Uh, if he plays fullback, that's fine by me. Brimson was outstanding. What a debut. That kid's going to be fucking ginormous. His career is going to be like sky's the limit. Yeah, it's a shame he got injured. It really sucks. I I think New South Wales have made some of the changes they need to, but I don't think they've made the one they did that they really needed to. I think they dropped the wrong half. Yeah, I, I just before we go into the halves there, I think it's really funny that AJ Brimson had that origin debut and people in Queensland start talking about him as a long-term rep player and all of a sudden there's a mysterious get-out clause in Kalen Ponga's contract. He, yeah, there you go. He ain't getting that fullback spot back. He ain't getting that no, back. No, I don't think he does. No, nah, he's he. he I, I think Ponga will be the bench utility now because he ain't getting that back over Brimson. I think you're right, or I think he might be playing uh, that other game, the other code, very soon. Yeah. Um, in regards to your halves, I don't think Kiri did a lot. Like he ran the ball, but I, I don't remember feeling too threatened when he had it. He was running very sideways, and that's what Queensland were allowing you to do. They were, they were using the, the sideline as another defender. Nathan Cleary, man, something about him in origin just... What's it now? Seven games, no assists, no tries? He's the Chad Townsend of origin football. What, what, what more can you say? Do you have another halfback in the 27-man squad? Is Adam Reynolds in that squad? No, he wasn't. Kiri was picked as the backup, which I can't. I said when it, Reynolds was the obvious for me with Whiten as your backup 5'8". It, it made so much sense. But anyways, Fittler... Oh, that's, these... Yeah, they, they picked Jerome Luai. In what world do you pick Jerome Luai over Adam Reynolds? I think they did it so that he wouldn't commit to Samoa long term. But then you you take you. He's overlooked. You're now taking that away from Origin Football. Like he's not going to get ahead of White. He's not going to get ahead of Kiri. He's not going to get ahead of Walker. You've just decreased the value in the. And I know Samara aren't playing this year, so whatever. It's it's a chance to get the kid around Origin and rip football. Let him commit to Samara because in three years' time, if he's that good, he can backflip anyway. That's true. I I didn't when he got picked on the night. It was the only selection of the yeah. the two sides that got me. And we we were talking on the night. We're like, what the hell. I can't believe Reynolds didn't get picked. He was the second best New South Wales halfback quite easily, and there's no one even close. My thinking was that Kiri, having played for the Kangaroos at half, was the backup half, and I thought he would play at seven with White at six. 
Um, they've gone with neither of those this week. So whatever, he, he was right with his earthing and his fucking whatever. So yeah, I guess you got to trust him. Uh, Mo Fodawaka playing for the Maroons this week. About fucking time, mate. A game too late. Cohen House lasted 15 minutes, got hooked, didn't come back, and he's out. You hate to see it. <laughs> yeah. The, the Cohen House selection was just strange from the beginning. Considering the way Jaden Sewer started and finished the year, playing Cohen, playing Cohen Hess was just wrong. It was, it, was, it was one of those things, right? Head scratcher. Yeah, and, and Queensland would just... The New South Wales just ran out and said, they're really playing Cohen Hess next to Kirk Capewell, next to Philip Sammy. Let's fucking attack that all night. Let's attack that all fucking night and just see what we can get out of it. Bennett realised real quick, hooked him. I think he only played 22 minutes, mm. in all seriousness, and never came back. I I love the in, the foot awaker, and the sewer end of the starting is, makes all the sense in the world. Did Christian Walsh get injured? He must have. He got a concussion. Failed concussion protocols. That sucks. I thought he was very, very good. And I can't fucking believe that Denonymous Louis is playing Origin. I, I called him the worst player in rugby league history about two years ago. I bet he's man of the match tomorrow night now just to spite me. Yeah, look, it's, it, this just shows you how weird 2020 is when Denonymous Louis is a Queensland uh, origin representative. I'm all here for it because his form for Canberra has been spectacular. He's been very good, in all seriousness. I made a bit of a joke because he had the name that he's got. Well, still does, obviously. And played for Manly. So, you know, we got we got to dislike him to a certain degree. Very good play. He's not going to let anyone down. I thought Footawaker would have started, but I am quite fearful of him and Lindsay Collins coming off that bench. I still think Mo will start. I think Denonymous Louis is going to go back to the bench. Um, I tell you what, for a guy that you and I stuck the boot into this year, Jai Arrow was really, really good. Really good. He was good. It's like... um. I don't know what happened to him this year. I know he was playing with a lot of injuries and a lot of distractions with moving to South. Maybe he's got that clarity. Don't forget, he's playing under Bennett next year too. So this is a chance. And, I mean, he'll be there starting 13 because there's a pretty handy number 13 in Cam Murray that's going to want that spot too. So Arrow's got a lot to prove. Yeah, I, I, I think Arrow's going to go to South and have either the number 8 or number 10 on his back. And it's not really going to matter because he plays. he's going to play the same way at lock. Um I see all these people turn around and go, and I'd rather play lock over front row. I'd probably rather play front row because you get like half the game on the sideline. You know, yeah, you do. You, <laughs> don't, you don't have to be out there getting smashed in the face. You know what I mean? Hey, you put your feet up, enjoy the atmosphere, boys. Yeah, you get, you get yeah, to, arrow, Arrow's very good. You get to see your mates get flogged, and you're like, well, fuck it, I'm still getting paid. Yeah, I'll come on in the last 20, and yeah. if we win, we win. You know? I'll play the first 20 in the last 20. You do the rest, boys. That's it. That's me. If we, you know, if we're down by 60, oh, coach, my hamstring's a bit tight. You know what I mean? I'll be right for next yeah. week. You'll see you at training. <laughs> Can't get on there, you know? <laughs> no, mate, I, I, I thought Arrow was very good. There was a um, – I thought Queensland outplayed him. I think Papali was the best forward on the park in that opening 20. Yeah, and, I, uh, I, very, very, very good. I thought Papali was really, really good. Um. He's, you know, obviously stats don't show the full story of the the type of impact that he had. I will still, I'll say this till I go to the grave though. Uh, Farmer Suyali or however you say his name was our best forward with Jairo. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. You're not going to get best out of me, but he's pretty good. I love the kid. The Titans have struck pay dirt there. Yeah, uh, the, the the biggest debate that I saw during the week uh, from New South Wales fans was the centers. Um, I still don't know how you've got two specialist centres, and I mean, we know Crichton's hurt his hamstring, so he can't play anyway. Um, 
but people were targeting Gutherson because of that Kirk Capewell try and not tar- you know Gutherson made 30 tackles as a center and only missed two and unfortunately one of them led to a freakish moment from Kirk Capewell on the other side of the field Jack White made nine tackles and missed eight he's the center that you, you should have been going after that's that's the guy there if, if I thought if anyone in your back line was going to get dropped I know I know Gutherson was the easy target, but for mine, it was it was Whiten to go and Crichton to come in. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote the same. The day after, I said that'll 100% happen. When they didn't, I was pissed off. Obviously, Crichton did get injured, but I would um I would have bought Lomax in. Like, I, you had to play specialist centre against Dane Gagai at Origin. It's not South Sydney Dane Gagai. I think the only reason why Crichton didn't get picked is because he is a specialist left centre, and he would have been up against Dane Gagai. In the Origin Arena, Crichton's a very shaky defender, and Dan Gagai could have given him a double bath with a shower, a pedicure, and a pamper before he put him to bed. But I just look at it, and you've got the best left centre for New South Wales in the competition this year was Steve Crichton. The best right centre was either Lomax or Katoni Staggs. Katoni Staggs didn't get picked, so then it's Lomax. And you've picked a fullback who started his career on the left wing, then went to left centre, then went to fullback, and you put him at right centre. And you picked a guy who started his career on the right wing, then played right centre, then went to fullback in 5'8", and you put him on the left centre. It makes no sense to me. It doesn't. It's the Tommy Turbo thing. They've picked a centre based on, on the fact that they're a good fullback. Neither player are Tommy Turbo. You no. know, I know Whiten's got a, a daily M, but Tommy Turbo's as good at centre as he is at fullback. No one else in the competition can match that. I, I don't care. Billy Slater couldn't do it. You know, he played okay on the wing. He's not Tommy Turbo, and he's got to let that go. I can't believe that he stuck with the centers. I thought he'd change one for sure, and one of the halves. I, I'm okay with Walker coming in. He's been fantastic all year, but he played like shit in game one last year, and he didn't play overly well last week either. So I'm a little bit worried he may have played the wrong hand, the wrong hand there. Uh, the the thing with Turbo though is he's six foot five, so you've got a kicking threat there, right? At no point did I ever think, if you put up a bomb for one of your centres, was Whiten or Gutherson going to jump over Capewell or Gagai and score a match-winning try? No. Turbo did it last year to Valentine Holmes, or the year before did it to Valentine Holmes, whenever it was. Um, yeah, I just... It, you, you're right. They, they've tried to pick the best players and put them in and squish them in. I know, I know uh, the, there's the old saying... Pick, select your best players and then just put them wherever. That was a, that was the wrong thing to do though for for New South Wales. It it just it screamed desperation and it really played into Queensland's hand. Well, it did they won based on their centres? And I said going into the game that New South Wales one to five is superior to Queensland's one to five. Absolutely didn't go that way. Completely wrong, and that won the game. Yeah, um, I didn't expect Kurt Capewell to have the game that he did. Now it's not that. I don't. It's not. It's not that Kurt Capewell had an outstanding game. I'm not going to look back at that and go. It was one of the great Origin games. He was in Gutherson's face a lot, right? But you had the two slowest players on the field marking each other, and and he came up with that one freak play. And people were saying he's the man of the match. He's the man of the match. No, he had the moment of the match. He had the Absolutely. he had the moment of the match, and he didn't even finish it off. AJ Brimson did. But the, the, the man of the match was absolutely Dan Gagai. Channel 9 just gave it to Cherry Evans fucking because they're idiots. Exactly right. I think the the game plan is set for tomorrow. Get Gagai one-on-one with White and then keep attacking down that side. Bash the New South Wales forwards early and go through them in the second half. So I 
I see New South Wales going out to another 10-0 lead tomorrow night. And there's a very, very, very good chance Queensland run them down. And we're talking about a dead rubber next week. Um, I, I, I think the complete opposite. I think New South Wales are going to gonna win tomorrow night 13 plus i think it'll be sort of around 26 10 ish um and then you go into queensland for an absolute um blockbuster up there um i will say this i want to give a shout out to paul warren um in the first half he was absolutely giving it to me in the second half dead silence and the next day tried to claim he went to sleep Ah, he didn't go to sleep at all he just he he said to me he, he, we were talking before the game we were talking a little bit of basketball and there were some trade rumors going around that Philadelphia are going to trade for James Harden and then they'd have the best team in the competition and I said it'd be a terrible move for Philadelphia and he, he turned around and he goes next minute you're going to tell me that Danny's going to push out twenty sit ups oh no sorry you said to me he goes the next minute you, you tell me Queensland are, are going to win tonight and I said well absolutely I think Queensland are going to win tonight he says there's more chance of Danny pushing out twenty sit ups than Queensland winning Danny's his brother in law and he's a, he's a big boy. So, it, you know, it'd be kind of like asking off-season for feeder to go and plank for four minutes, right? Big boy. Yep. So, at the at full time, don't miss a beat. The minute the siren went three seconds early and Gerard Sutton called the game, I messaged Paul and I said, has Danny done his sit-ups? And I messaged him every half an hour. Have you got a picture of the sit-ups? Have you got a video? Have you got something for me? And then at five <laughs> o'clock in the morning, I just sent him a message saying, are you okay? Are you alive? And he writes, I fell asleep. No, you didn't. Shame. Shame wizard. Shame, shame, shame. shame. Yeah. Calling out. Well, Paul, we look forward to hearing from you, mate. Set the set the record straight. Because I believe you. I believe you fell asleep. I think Terry's having a laugh. There's absolutely no way Paul, Mr. Football Warren, fell asleep during an origin game. That they were up ten nil. They were up ten yep. nil. There's no way he there's no way Paul is gonna miss a chance to fucking throw a barrage of abuse my way. Because he fell asleep. Absolutely not. He was ashamed. He was ashamed. He was ashamed of his state and he's not a true New South Welshman. Oh, I see how it is. Well, Paul, <laughs> I look forward to your rebuttal, mate. <laughs> uh, have you anything else, Dan? What, what, what are you, I, I'm, I'm predicting a New South Wales win tomorrow night. Uh, look, New South Wales have to win. So I'll say 2016. No worries, mate. Well, I will see you next Tuesday. Can't wait. <laughs> see you then. Kudala Kudala Kudala